Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. First reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. And a second reading from Gerald Hughes. If I forgive and my brother continues to offend another 76 times, then my forgiveness does not seem to be helping him. But in trying to forgive, we become more aware of the many layered nature of our consciousness. Having forgiven once, we find further layers of consciousness within us, which have not yet forgiven. Not just seven layers, but 77. And as we reach deeper layers, we have to learn to forgive the one offence again and again. So our offender has helped us to understand the nature of faith and of Jesus's teaching. There were once two young friends, two girls who were walking together along the beach. And as they walked, they got into an argument. And these two girls, Sean and Petra, began to tussle a little until actually Sean slapped Petra right across the face. And Petra fell to the ground. She had tears in her eyes, but she didn't retaliate. But what she did do was get a stick and right in the sand of the beach. Today, Sean slapped me. Well, the two friends did make up. And it was some months later when they were again on the beach and they decided to go for a swim. But Petra got in trouble. She got her foot kind of caught on a bit of rock and entangled in some seaweed and she began to panic and splash and drown and shout out. Sean saw her friend drowning and dived down and managed to, to loosen her foot and drag her back to the beach and saved her life. Later that day, Petra got a hammer and chisel and hammered into the rocks at the side of the beach. Today, Sean saved my life. And Sean asked her about this. She said, when I slapped you, you wrote in sand, Sean slapped me. But when I saved your life, you wrote in stone, Sean saved my life. Why the difference? And Petra replied, when someone does something bad to you, you should write it in sand where the winds of forgiveness can blow it away. But if someone does something good to you, you should write it in stone and never forget it. Now that's a nice story. It's a good story that we could tell our children to talk about forgiveness. But it's a story that's 
worth considering whatever your age, really. Because so often we do the opposite of this. When someone does something good for us or compliments us or says something nice, we write it in sand, in our hearts, in our minds and soon forget it. But when someone does something bad or insults us or criticizes us or gives us a critical word or is so says something that hits us in a not a nice way then we tend to write it in stone on our hearts and really don't forget it for a very long time that's what we do. We write these things in stone on our hearts and we hold on to them when we remember them for, for months, for years, for decades and decades even. We can be holding these, these resentments from 50 years ago, from, from childhood, from, from things that have happened to us that we are remembering, that we are holding on to in a way we've forgotten the good things. You know, people always trying to pin Jesus down. So like a clear set of instructions. So a clear set of this is, you know, this is what I'm talking about. This is what you ought to do. And the spiritual genius of Jesus is that he didn't get pinned down to clear things. And that can be a frustration for us, as I think it was a frustration for the first people who heard who heard the words that he said saying, yeah, but what, hang on, what are you talking about? What, what, what do you mean by this? How, you know, what's the number? What's the rule? But he doesn't answer those questions because he's always pointing us to do the internal work, the spiritual work within us. If there's just a set of rules to obey, if there's just this is it and you do this thing, then however good those rules are, the danger is they never enter our hearts. They're just something that we do. But Jesus knew that the transformation starts from the inside out. And what we must be returned to again and again and again is this inner transformation. And then that will produce the response in our actions in the world. Jesus points us back to the gut, to the heart, to the feeling, to the spirit. So we try to work out this rule. Should I forgive someone once? No. Should I forgive someone twice? No. Seven times? No. How about 77 times? Seven times 77 times 777 times. It's not about having a number. It's not about a negotiation for what the number is, the number of times to forgive someone. It's about being directed again and again and again to do the work inside of you. Because you have written in stone on your heart all your resentments, all your pain, all your anger, all your grudges, all your heavy emotional stuff that just kind of sits there in your gut and it's going to take a lot of sanding away 
slowly remove what you've chiseled into your heart in stone. As Gerald Hughes says, it's about all the levels of consciousness within you, all the times you need to let go of your resentments every day, not once, not twice, not seven times, but again and again and again. Forgive again and again and again. As I said last week, a, a bad interpretation of this is, is, is the situation of, of staying in an abusive relationship and forgiving seven times a day. That abuse, that is not a self-loving place to be. That is not a, a self-caring place to be. We do need to be concerned with our own safety and our own well-being in all these situations. But that's not what we're talking about really today. We're talking about the way we do our own internal work of healing. I think one of the key questions around, around forgiveness as we've been thinking about it this month is whether it's possible to forgive someone if there's not repentance or apology from them. And I think there's probably two different things we're talking about. I think there's the forgiveness that's, that's, that's possible with, with repair and, and mutual repairing of relationships and recognition of harm and the stuff that can happen in a relationship, in some relationships. And that's one form of forgiveness, of reconciliation. And then there's the forgiveness that doesn't depend on what the other person is doing. A form of forgiveness, which is about what I'm going to do, regardless of anything from the other person. It's about me deciding whether I'm going to be filled up with something better than hate. It's about wearing away at the resentments I've written on my heart. And that requires work. We don't release our resentments by doing it once. Not seven times a day, but 77 times a day, releasing from those resentments, wearing away at what we've written in our hearts on stone. That's not about what the other person is doing. It's about what I'm doing. It's about how I'm choosing to be. Also, as someone said in the discussion we had last week, the person I need to forgive is also myself. Seven times and 77 times I need to forgive myself. I need to let go of my, my guilt resentments I need the healing of forgiveness that's why meditation is such a useful practice because when you meditate you do it wrong all the time and your mind wanders and you need every every minute of meditation the mind wanders and you bring yourself back and forgive yourself don't worry about it oh look my mind's wandering and I bring myself back and forgive myself and start again again and again and again and practice of meditation. 
we wear away at those resentments by naming them, by saying it, by doing that process, the same process we do in meditation when we realize our mind has wandered. We notice it. I am resentful. I'm annoyed, actually. Actually, I'm annoyed, right? Actually, I'm hurt by that. As I think about it, yeah, actually, that hurt me. I'm hurt by that. I'm going to say that out loud. Or I realise actually I'm, I'm actually I'm still holding that anger from that thing that happened three years ago. I'm still holding that. I realise that's still churning away inside of me. We bring that mindfulness to our emotional states. This is actually what I'm feeling. I'm naming it. We hold it, we, we likely hold it. And this is not about doing something, it's about stopping doing something. We stop ignoring it. We stop distracting ourselves from it. We stop repressing it. We tell the truth of it. We let the pain speak. We know the truth of it. We can do that within ourselves. Sometimes we we need someone to listen to that, to guide us through that. Sometimes we need professional help in that process. And when we need that, we need to get that. But this is also just an ongoing life thing that we do in the living of life. If we want to be not held prisoner by the resentments within us. We hold it, we name the pain, we hold it lightly. And we hand it over. Here's my pain, universe. Here's my resentments, God. I don't want to carry them anymore. Because as we peel away the layers of our consciousness, we find ourselves closer to the God consciousness within. I believe that within us is an infinite source of compassion, a universal love. And that we may sometimes think, I can never forgive. I can never release my resentments, my pain. We begin to realize I don't have to. I just have to get out of the way, admit my need for help, and let that infinite source of love well up within me. Let that infinite Holy Spirit blow away, sand away resentments written in stone. As someone trained in geology, I know these things take time. Stone doesn't wear away in one day. When you look at the long scale of, of, of life, of existence on this planet, in this universe, you see that gradual process, the gradual, gradual process over time builds mountains, wears down canyons. These things are possible through the gradual processes of this universe. 
And when we hand over these things, we begin to move to a universal view of the situation, to a God's view of the situation. You know, this is my perspective and the other person has their perspective and maybe they're acting out of their pain their fear and their ignorance. It's rare anyone is really acting out of pure malice towards us. And we can begin to understand that and see through those divine eyes of compassion. I feel sorry for this person who is acting from their fear. They have hurt me and that's not okay. It's not okay that they've hurt me. I'm not saying that's not important. It's not okay that they've hurt me, but I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for, for, for where they're coming from. As Sarah Moores Campbell said in the reading this, this week, this is not a power of our own making. This is a gift of the spirit. This is a transcendent healing love. As the Psalm says, this is an abounding and steadfast love. We talk of that divine, abounding, steadfast love spoken about by the psalmist. That holy love. The divine is abounding in steadfast love, a universal compassion. And we travel through our own levels of consciousness, we discover this God within us. And we turn to this power of forgiveness. Not once, not twice, not seven times, but seven times, 77 times, 777 times. We turn again to love. 